And I'm going to ask something a little bit more specific this time. I think this is the first specific question that I'm asking you today. <laughs> but you use something called the EI sport inventory test when you're working with people involved in football. I, I read this and I couldn't quite understand. I don't think I'm smart enough to understand this just by reading it. Um, which this is a test that reportedly consists of more than 90 questions just for you to get the better assessment of the people that you work with. Could you kind of explain how this works? Like, what what, what is this, how it works? Okay, thanks for the question, because, I mean, I talk about emotions and you cannot sure. touch them, you cannot see them. So for mm -hmm. many people, it's like, okay, we are just chatting. Yeah. No, there is a scientific part. <laughs> sure. Uh, so the emotional question questionnaires, actually, mm -hmm. there are different typologies. Uh, some are more um, suitable for CEOs or leaders or team leaders, some others for employees. So the one you just mentioned is the one developed for athletes in sport. And uh, through these 90 plus questions, we can understand in numbers the level of achievement drive or flexibility, let's say the soft skills that are more related to sport performance. So when I interact with an athlete, we generally undertake these tests just out of curiosity. Then during the interpretation and delivery session, we rationalize together. And usually it's the athlete itself that says, okay, I would like to develop self-confidence because I think it's very important. Or I think I want to develop resilience so with my support we generate we organize we arrange some activities real life activities that gonna focus on developing one or the other soft skills depending on the person depending on the goals the stage of the career i mean there are too many variables but yeah within in the moment having a a report a graph helps a lot to, to see your emotions in front of you, in numbers, and uh, I mean, it's fascinating, yeah. You know, I'm going to very uh, ask a very, what could be a very interesting question to both of you, uh, Nick and, and, and Norbert. For coaches like yourselves, how good are you guys at controlling your emotions? Is, I'm, I'm sure this is a challenge for, for, for you as well, but how adept are you two at controlling your emotions because it's so important for you for, for for you guys to be able to you know guide the players or guide your 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 friends or your clients to be able to control their emotions i mean that's the ultimate goal or at least be better at it as coaches yourselves what what, what kind of challenge is it for you to be able to control your own emotions to be able to apply whatever you need to to the players or to your to your clients norbert you're going first <laughs> Do you want me to go first? <laughs> Please give me oh, some sorry. ideas. <laughs> okay, okay, generally, I I recognize I'm myself a highly sensitive person. Okay. So of course is uh, is something that we continuously Norbert, I'm allowed to use we. <laughs> like, I continuously have to be conscious and aware of. Stay in the moment is a an affirmation that I repeat myself very often. Mm -hmm. uh, how good we are, as long as you don't do any damage, you don't hurt, so you mm -hmm. can consider yourself good. 
But of course, we always have a space for improvement. I think being in the present moment, uh, me, myself, meditate, take my time, don't do too many things in, in one day. It helps me to identify with more precision the emotions so you, you can regulate them. You know, Norbert, I leave it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Norbert, go ahead. I think I should listen to Nick about taking more time for myself because I'm, I'm not good at that. But uh, hey, it's the lifestyle. So no complaints. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I learned and I kept doing is uh, I read Marcus Aurelius's book and he said, um, today, if you, if you, when he woke up, he said, today I'm going to face myself with disappointment, uh, you know, anger angry people and unhappy people so made me realize to expect less so i won't get disappointed so if i do a session on something i'm not going to expect the players to be thankful or grateful or give me the right emotions because as nick said i'm also an emotional person sensitive Mm -hmm. person so i can say it doesn't really get to me but it does deep down it's just uh it's not the way i feel i can't choose that it's the way i react it's a it's a freedom of choice so i i lower my expectations hope for the best, expect the worst. And that, that helps me, but that helps me. It might not mm-hmm. help someone else. So that's how I regulate myself. Yeah. Maybe we need, maybe we need to start having, um, emotional intelligence coaches for coaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's, this is, that's what it sounds like, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Nick, I'm going to ask you this. Um, I saw that you've worked specifically with a footballer, um, uh, recently, uh, Kenji Umboma. Uh, I saw that from your website, uh, who's playing for an American university in Nebraska. It's a very interesting place. Uh, when you met him, um, Nick, and assessed how you'll go about coaching him um, emotionally, were there anything you noticed that made him, because I'm, I'm speaking from a football perspective, is, are there something that you noticed from footballers like Kenji that you notice that's different from others from maybe a different field or a different industry? Like, is there something, is there a commonality that you see in footballers that are quite different from the people that you see from other fields? Uh, I would say being specific, I did not decide how to coach uh, Kenji. We did mm-hmm. decide together. Because if there is no intention from the other side, uh, I, I, can hit him with a stick, uh, and it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. Mm-hmm. So if the intention from the other side are good and positive, so we can work together, and the process is going to be smooth and pleasant as well. Specifically, we change mm, in terms of football mm-hmm. and talking about the emotional quotient report, I've noticed uh, skills as a leader like someone that can drive the team or gather up the team even when, uh, I mean, the, the match is not going that well. From the report, I was sensing that he's the one that can gather up the team and uh, mm-hmm. re-motivate them. Of course, with other athletes, uh, you might not see that typology of report, but like not everyone wants to be the captain of the team or the leader mm-hmm. of the team. There are other players that are there focused being a part of the team but not necessarily the, mm-hmm. the leader of it 
uh, again, every human is different, every athlete is different, as Norbert said as well, uh, background, experience, and uh, family, family support, uh, there are a very wide range of variables that influences how the, the human perform in the, in the different industries, in this case, mm -hmm. Yeah, and another page that I saw on your website that I found to be really interesting is that you've also worked with James Hughes, a former footballer who's now a football agent. Just, you know, like straight out of curiosity here. How, how does that, how does the dynamic of that relationship work for you as, a, as an emotional intelligence coach? Uh, so what I did with James uh, is something that I do with other football agents as well. And... Mm -hmm. uh, lesser coaches too, uh, they, they, they call me when they want to have a, an emotional profile of the players. So for an agent, it's good because you can understand uh, by the level of adaptability or flexibility mm -hmm. if that player that is scouting or about to propose to a club, it might feel good in another continent, in another mm -hmm. scenario. Mm -hmm. If he builds uh, very easily relationship skills, he might find a new environment in Mexico, coming from, uh, I don't know, Italy right. maybe, or from sure. Europe. Mm -hmm. So he's more sure and secure that he's proposing to a club a valuable athlete. Same with no. coaches, in order to blend mm -hmm. with, with the athletes a little bit better, is a good tool having this typology of report. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you 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 speak about a report, an emotional profile. You said, um, "How does that? How do you go about um, compiling that? Uh, is it is it is it based off of the questionnaire that 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 you prepare for this person, or how 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 does that process work? If you can kind of explain that in a nutshell." Uh, so to use these questionnaires, I use a company that uh, is an Australian company. I received mm -hmm. training for interpreting and delivering this typology of tests too. Uh, there are questions, the, let's call it candidate now. It's no clients, no friends, let's call it candidate now. Hmm. It fulfills the questions and uh, the algorithm then develops the graph. Of course, the, the, the person is free to respond uh, with the most genuine approach. Mm -hmm. And the most mm -hmm. genuine is it the report is uh i mean reliable yeah i would say but of course it's not something that i take like strictly you are this report mm -hmm. we rationalize it because mm -hmm. i mean i trust more the person than the, the computer yeah i hey norbert i think you might need to really give nick a call and maybe have him start profiling some of your players that you're having problems with man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Nick's too busy for that. Uh, Norbert, uh, anytime get a call. Yeah, <laughs> on a call. I, I mean, to be honest, jokes aside, if if I had the opportunity, and I will have the opportunity soon enough, I will definitely implement these type of things in my team, in my club, because as we said, the manager, we have so many responsibilities, and I think having someone as Nick on board is a massive help. A massive help. Sure. And I do hope to see this more and more in the future evolving mm -hmm. in football games, yeah. but in sports yeah. in general. And uh, Nick, um, emotional intelligence, you know, although everyone has a different way of defining what an emotion is, 
it's now almost being recognized by a lot of people as an important attribute for athletes like footballers. Um, for people in sports, does emotional intelligence uh, matter more? Would you would would you say? Um, maybe this is not the best way to put it, but because they're 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 almost always forced into situations these athletes these footballers in which they kind of have to they have to make the best possible decisions constantly in a very split second moment do you feel like that puts athletes in a different place when it comes to kind of you know you know developing their ability to control emotions or are footballers really no different from 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 others from other walks of life so i give a small forward I'm witnessing, I started working with emotional intelligence coaching, not mm -hmm. in sport, to, to mm -hmm. be honest. Then I came across an ex-footballer and sure. he's been the one telling me, Nick, mm -hmm. do it in football because it's very valuable. Yeah. So I then realized that when the, the person involves motor skills, it's even more important to regulate emotions. I'll give sure. an example, a CEO, mm -hmm. my drug, himself at work not regulating emotion like being a bit sad and being moody let's say when instead motor skills are involved if you don't really have the good emotions the good mindset the the legs really don't work you don't jump you don't run mm. so when motor skills are involved specifically in sport and as well football when uh, yeah you, you have to jump run and tackle and uh, I think is a more valuable tool than uh, compared to, to a CEO or someone that have uh, an office work. Although mm -hmm. it's important for, for both of them. But when motor skills are involved, I'm sensing that is even more important. Another thing that just came to my mind is while we were talking about this, you know, we see, let's say we're, we're watching a footballer in a game. It's very common to see because, you know, players get angry all the time during a game, but they probably get angry about a thousand times during a 90 minute game, to be honest. Um, so when that happens, we always see players, you know, they can't help it. We're all human beings. So they, their tension rises when something happens that upsets them in a game and you see them going in for a really hard or deep tackle because of a split second anger that they might have felt and then as soon as they see the opponent going down to the ground getting injured they look the player who actually tackled them sometimes looks terrified and i think that's the emotional element of football that also makes it very difficult for footballers to control their emotions because once you do something like that and damage is already done it's hard to escape criticism now because you're on public display doing something like that but you know yourself that you made a mistake before anybody else did from a coaching perspective, for somebody who coaches emotional intelligence, how how do you guide a player to navigate through an experience like that? Because this could be a traumatizing experience. I'll give you an example. You know, this was a very big story in Korea a couple of years ago when 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 Sonung Min at Tottenham inflicted that injury on, on 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 Gomez, who plays for Everton. That was a big story in Korea, and a lot of people talked about the importance of mental health, not only for the players who was injured so terribly, but for the player who actually made a contribution to inflict that injury to be honest you know as a as a coach who 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 coaches emotional intelligence how do you guide a player through that that, that kind of traumatizing experience uh i would take it a bit broadly if uh, the issue is uh, not 
control and like we are talking about self-control so how to mm -hmm. develop self-control is uh, is one story how to overcome or let go something that um, happened like not nicely on the pitch mm -hmm. uh, there we might be talking about acceptance if you regret about something or maybe a reaction we might be talking as we did at the beginning about emotional assertiveness okay just go out mm, express your emotions be assertive accept it and uh, accept the critics as well but don't let all of that stopping you of course there are positive affirmations or let's say even affirmations mm, regaining the, the self-control point just a easy word if a player after i mean being teased or provoked ask himself is he worth reacting maybe now just let go mm -hmm. and so just with one question and one question takes i don't know, half of a second mm -hmm. you might get self-control and self-regulation just in that half second but of course i mean it's good to have a guidance if you mm -hmm. never had a guidance you don't know that the question can change the the match or, or your mm -hmm. career the worst case scenario Hey Norbert, this is something that makes me curious. You know, as a as a coach who directly coaches the fo a, a football team, I'm sure you've had experiences like this. I'm sure you've had to deal with a lot of situations that are quite similar to this. Could you kind of give us an example, or maybe, or or maybe kind of like share your experience? Like, how do you guide your players through an experience like that when something something extreme like that on the football pitch happens? You know, some coaches would say they rather have these players because. I think and I, might, might, I might be mistaken. I just think that being overly emotionally intelligent can cost mm -hmm. you as a player not being hungry enough on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Because football, uh, I don't know if you ever watched All or Nothing Tottenham. No, Mourinho said, <laughs> said, nice players don't win games, mm -hmm. right? So you have to have that kind of go in, kick them, hit them. I yep. know it doesn't sound nice, but I learned it mm -hmm. the hard way. And mm -hmm. it's unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's needed here and there. Mm -hmm. but then as nick said the reaction is important right did i have situations <clears throat> like that yes i had uh usually when i have a situation like that and a player gets a yellow card mm -hmm. what i do uh, i watch him for the next five minutes to see how he reacts and if i see he doesn't cool down i take him off because i feel like i lost him mentally i just mm -hmm. i can't recover him from the sidelines so i'd rather take sure. him off sure um, but yeah there's there's big factors behind that so mm -hmm. some coaches say yeah I, I need that kind of guy mm -hmm. I, I want that guy to kick the players and, and then i want him to react that way mm -hmm. i'm not a fan of that but it's part of football sure 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 so norbert before we close here and i asked the last questions to i asked my last question to nick are there any additional questions that you have from um from from a coaching perspective that you may you, you may have wanted to ask nick yeah there's there's one actually nick that i wanted to ask you, is that do you believe or do you think uh, that different cultures channel different emotions into people because for me football is culture and culture channels emotions do, do you agree or disagree has some resemblance i completely agree yeah we we mentioned background it shapes the way we process emotions then being intelligent means as well uh, letting go of those uh, structures that we had received uh, and we, we didn't really decide to receive so we we develop our mentality and our way to to, to process 
life events and emotions. Norbert, I understood you mentioned Marcus Aurelius. I, I tutored the School of Philosophy as well. And uh, yes, yeah, Stoicism is a great, is a very valuable tool to tune into yourself, to build resilience, to develop self-knowing and self-awareness. So even trying to, I don't want to say teach, but transmit and share those typology of information with the athletes, I think it can be very beneficial, yeah, to overcome a loss or to overcome a failure as well. Because, I mean, sport and life, it's both successes and failures. I, I do really agree. We have been educated in a certain culture. We were born somewhere. And that somewhere shaped us. So we re-elaborating our education is uh, letting go or emptying the cup, to, to use an analogy, in order to refill it with more with what is most beneficial and effective for what we are doing today. The, the mm -hmm. there are I mean, I mentioned stoicism is a good tool. Uh, Albert Ellis, uh, rational emotional behavior. And, therapy is uh, is another good tool Stephen Covey is uh, is another great one there are scientific techniques that we can use once we have addressed the, the issues and uh, where, where we would like to have as a as a goal as a target but yes to respond to you Norbert I'd say yes mm. Thank you, appreciate it. And thank you for the detail as well. Um, it's good to hear that, Nick. Now, the reason why I asked as well, just to put a little bit of cherry on the top, is that as we spoke with uh, Steve as well before, for example, uh, we spoke about the Namo Zagreb Academy in Croatia, where there's only like three and a half million people to four million people. Mm -hmm. But yet the mentality is so different because of the culture. And we noticed that a lot of good players, professional players, top quality players have either a poor background or a culture from a third world country or something similar to that or something where something let's say difficult or bad happened in their life and they were strong enough to go through that and they evolved that life throughout that life experience they evolved that certain level of emotional intelligence and with that resilience and that kind of helped them become who they are so that's why i also feel like uh, emotional intelligence is such such an important and crucial part in not just in sport but in everyday sure i i agree norbert is uh, the capability to transform poison in uh, nectar i would say and of course if you are coming from a difficult background you have more poison and uh, yeah being uh, intelligent emotionally and uh, mentally as well means that you transform literally you transform all bad that happened to you into good mm. of course with, with the guidance with a with a good football coach with a personal coach the process might be smoother but yeah that's the point that's the point having a having had a tough background is a is an extra skill i would say of course when used appropriately yeah thank you Interesting. Thank you. And Nick, the last question I I have here for you is, you know, we are, like this is we ask very similar questions as our last question to all of our all of our coaches who come on come on this podcast. And I'm going to close with a similar question. Um, 
you know, coaches, you know, when we look at coaches from a, you know, from, from, from our perspective, we, a lot of times we often, um, you know, define their success by what they accomplish or what they win when, if, when it's, when it's football, you know, but to you, what will be the biggest coaching accomplishment for you? And what are some of the things that you would like to achieve as an emotional intelligence coach? If we can kind of close with that, I think that will be a nice way to, nice way to kind of wrap things up. That's a good question. I mean, the, the most difficult one usually comes at last, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so what's my meaning of success is mm -hmm. uh, my, I use client mm -hmm. well-being. When he or she feels good, scoring or not, performing or not, playing 90 mm -hmm. minutes or not, when it feels good, I feel happy. Mm -hmm. When the relationship with the family improves, I feel happier. Mm -hmm. So my, my ultimate goal is that emotional intelligence is going to be taught in, in schools as well, like, like math and whatever we have learned, but giving the, the very younger the, the capability to understand how to tune with emotion, how to regulate mm -hmm. anger. I think it might prevent, uh, I mean, even worse scenario like suicidal attempts and uh, mm -hmm. this kind of mental health related stuff yeah mm -hmm. the sooner we start the sooner we can have a better society I believe. great yeah no i think that about sums it up for me and nick is there anything else that you wanted to that you that you wanted to add and if you can kind of close with how you felt about having this conversation i'm not sure if you have a lot of these experiences where we you know sit for an hour and talk about what you you know talk about what you do how was this experience for you and um you know what can we expect from you going forward so first of all i thank you for the openness to welcome this branch of coaching this specific branch into football mm -hmm. secondly i really enjoyed your questions because uh, I, I make myself a lot of questions, but, but hmm. of course not these ones. So it's useful and uh, mm -hmm. it helped me to understand myself and what I do, even on right. another yeah. perspective. I, I'm That's one of, those are one of the things that really that I feel thankful for because when we meet coaches, whether it's you or a different football coach or football analyst or whatever, you know, I, we ask these questions to them. We sit here, we keep asking these questions to them and they say, your questions actually made us think about ourselves more than when we actually try to do our day to day. So yeah, no, that's that's really great to hear. Oh, of course, yeah, is uh, as I said, I make myself a lot of questions, but yours mm -hmm. are not mine. And yeah, it sure. is a help, so I'm grateful. For that. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, hey, Norbert, is there anything that you wanted to add? Um, maybe you wanna, you know, you wanna share your experience of being involved as a as a co-host this time. Yeah, you're like a, you're like a regular on this podcast now. So um, yeah, if if there's anything else you wanna you wanna you wanna add to it, fire away, man. Actually, Steve, I'm regular. I listen to you guys all the time. I can tell. I can tell. This is yeah. This is my to-go place on my mm -hmm. journey. I'm rich. When I drive three hours, I put on the podcast. I'm go like, there's my good old friend Steve. Let me yeah. listen what he's chatting about, and I'm just all over it. So, Look, if I'm, it's a three-hour drive, that means you can listen to us about three times. So, yeah, like yeah. I, I know you better man. than you know yourself now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for that. Really appreciate the love, man. And uh, Nick, I just wanted to say thank you for taking your time. This is a very special experience, to be honest, because I never really had an opportunity to talk about these things. But like, this is something that I've always wanted to do, actually. 
because the, the, the aspect of men, the, what we call mental coaching in football is something that I really consider to be a, a, a fascinating area in, in, in coaching. And that's an area that I always like to study. So um, I think this was a really great experience. Yeah, thank you so much for, for, for coming on today. Seth, thank you and thank Norbert for, for your presence. Thank All right. Thank you, guys. I'm great. All right, great. So everybody, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you, Norbert, and thank you, Nick. Uh, yeah, and thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, our episode number six. Uh, we'll be back soon with our next one. And until then, um, have a great time. We'll be back again soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Take Thank care. You. Stay blessed.